Welcome to a Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan for the 28th week of Ordinary Time in the second week of October. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk with you. In the the Gospel reading this last weekend in Mark, we talk about um, how to inherit eternal life. That's right. Exactly. The rich young man comes up and he's all about doing. What must I do to gain eternal life? And, And Jesus turns the question around. He says, in a sense, it's the wrong question. It's, he says, um, you know the commandments, and, and, and he calls on him to follow him. He says, give up what you have and follow me. It's not about something you have to do to win the prize. It's about letting go and following Jesus. And in that section of Mark's gospel, that 10th that chapter, actually the ninth and 10th chapter, is so important, even to me personally. Um, they come to me often at key moments in life where you recognize there are good people, holy people, who want sincerely to follow Jesus, his own disciples, the rich young man. And yet, sometimes they just get it wrong. They think they're doing the right thing and they they have it wrong. Sometimes they've got something they're holding on to and they just can't let it go. So this man, he's rich young man, he couldn't let go of his riches, right? He couldn't let go. Um... We'll hear coming up, you know, James and John, uh, one of top places in heaven. They, you know, again, their eyes were set on heaven. Not a bad thing, but you know, we want the top places in heaven. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so everything's a competition. It, it, it's just something always holding back. Peter in the in the gospel we just heard. Peter says, uh, you know, Lord, we're doing everything. You know, give, give me a little attention. How do we? Do I get credit? Or, or even when he recognizes Jesus as the Son of God, he said, now don't go to Jerusalem. They, they mean well, but they just can't let go. They just can't let go and follow Jesus trustingly. Um, but Jesus walks with them patiently, doesn't he? He doesn't lower the demand. He doesn't run after the rich young man and say, wait a minute, maybe you don't have to give up everything. He gives him his freedom. But he looks at him with love, with patience. You see, that's the thing. Jesus meets all of us where we are with tremendous, tremendous patience. And he walks with us patience. He means for us, though, to get to the end point. He does want to bring us along. He, you know, we talk, sometimes you hear, well, you know, Jesus meets us where we are. That's right. But he doesn't leave us there. He loves us too much to just leave us there where we are stuck in our mud and attached to our things and our attitude. He wants to walk with us and bring us to where we need to be, to eternal life. And so he's going to walk with us very, very patiently, but very, very lovingly pushing us along. I love that image, and and I may have even said this on the radio, but the camel passing through the eye of the needle. Jesus says, if God wants to get the camel through the eye of the needle... God can get the camel through the eye of the needle. He doesn't say what the camel will look like when it gets through the eye of the needle. <laughs> and the camel may face experience a little bit of pain and look very, very different. But if God wants to do it, God can do it. If God wants to transform my life and your life, God can do it. it may not happen quickly, but it will happen for sure if we simply walk with Jesus and let him walk patiently with us and show us where we need to be. This month is Respect Life Month. It's a time in the church where we step back and 
reflect on the dignity of every person from yeah. womb to tomb. The, the month of October is just packed with so many rich images, and one of them is Respect Life Month, and um, and that really is very, very important to us. You know, uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to write an op-ed piece for the Faith and Values column in the Dispatch, and hoping to do the same with uh, the tablet in this month. And I decided to talk about human dignity. And basically, our human dignity is not something that any government bestows upon us. It's not something we earn. It's not something that somebody allows to us. It's part of our DNA, you might say, quite literally, because it's part of the way we were created. God created us. And, you know, Genesis, right? The very beginning of the Bible, some of the first words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created man. In his own image and likeness, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's human dignity. And that has two things. It's that respect for human life. It's the respect for who God created me to be in his own image and likeness as God created me, not as I think he should have created me, number one. Number two, raises the question, am I able to look into the eyes of every other person, no matter who they are, no matter what they believe, no matter um, where they come from, can I look into the eyes of every human person and see that image and likeness of God? Can I look into... Every person's eyes see that image and likeness of God. That's, that's, that's the basis of respect life. Now, where does, it begins, of course, with conception. And the churches maintain, we call the, that right to life um, and, and the attacks on it with abortion, we, we call that um, a preeminent issue. Why? Because if there's no if you if there's no respect for the life of the most vulnerable child in the womb, then all other respect for life goes out the window. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just saying, if you don't have that basic foundational block, then everything else is lost. Everything, how and and so everything is built upon that. So um, so, so it's it's the. The right to life, the respect for the dignity of life, it's all rooted in that recognition of God, of, of being created in the image and likeness of God. Um, and that becomes the, the foundation of the church's defense of the human life. But then, if you really believe that, then there's no room for racism. People are created in the image and likeness of God. We don't need new theories to to and, or, or to rewrite history to to promote um, anti racism to eradicate racism. We have to go back to the beginning and just recognize human dignity. Every person. There's no room for racism if you if you really believe that every person is created in the image and likeness of God. There's there's no room for violence, oppression. Um, so many scourges, human trafficking, crimes against human life. Um, it's all it's all the same basis, and um, and many of the 
the church's teachings are all founded, the moral teaching of the church is founded on that teaching of human dignity. But again, once you start to say that some lives are expendable, then life is no longer sacred. You know, when, once you say it's, you know, well, well the, you know, I, I use my math expressions, my logic expressions. People, once you say that some lives are expendable, then you can no longer say all lives are um, indispensable. You know, it starts with the heart, um, and one of the devotions in our church that is so good at changing our heart and allowing our heart to be more like the, the heart of Mary, somebody who is always accepting the will of God and understanding the, God's word. Uh, this month is also the month of the rosary. That's right. So last week we celebrated the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary on October 7th. And when we pray the rosary, um, we're invited back into that heart of Mary to see Jesus, to see Jesus through the heart of Mary, to see Jesus as a child, to remember him being announced in, in the womb even, and Mary bringing him in the womb to John the Baptist um, and to Elizabeth. We see that, um, we, we see through the heart of Mary Jesus is teaching his revelation through the mysteries of light. We see um, through the heart of Mary the tragedy of the cross. We feel the sword piercing her heart as we look through her heart. The rosary brings us to that heart of Mary, not as an end in itself, but that we might see Jesus. And then through her heart we see the glorious resurrection of Jesus and all the fruits of his resurrection. So um, so the rosary is a beautiful, a powerful tool that helps us really to put our focus back on Jesus. But it also helps us as we're struggling with the, the daily effects and the daily chores and the things that we have to deal with in human life. It's not always easy. There's something about the rosary that can give us the strength to, to bring those mysteries. Remember the, the prayer that um, as we contemplate the mysteries of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, may we imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. So we, 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 we find the grace to imitate the graces we see in the life of Jesus through the heart of Mary, but also to w- walk with Jesus to bring us where he promises us. So um, one of the things about the rosary, I often say, pray what you can. Obviously, the best, if you can sit and pray the rosary and pray it daily, good, please do it, do it. Don't talk about it, do it. <laughs> if, if, Don't buy another rosary. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now you have a hundred. Yeah. That's right, exactly. If you can't, if you get distracted, if you find it hard to put the time, can you do a decade? Maybe. And maybe it's a good way to start. Just do the Our Father, Ten Hail Marys, and a Glory Be. Mary will always take us the next step to Jesus. And then, if you can't even do that, I always say, if you can't pray, and sometimes people are in a state, even people who pray regularly, will find themselves in a state where they just can't pray at all. There just nothing comes. And I say, just hold it in your hand. 
hold it the way you would hold the the ring, the lifeline that they might throw out to you from a ship. If some you know if somebody's struggling in the water, they throw that lifeline out. Hold on to the rosary like you would to a lifeline, and let Mary turn your eyes to the Lord Jesus, and let Him just pull you along. So that, to me, is the power of the rosary. It's that you, we can pray it, but even when we can't, just even just grabbing it, holding it in our fist, is an act of prayer. Bishop Brennan, how has the rosary changed your life? You know, the rosary was always somewhat a part of my life, but it was kind of, it was a little bit later in the game. I remember I was already, a, I mean, I, I used to pray, for example, when I was commuting to St. John's, I would stand on the railroad and uh, on the railroad platform and, and pray the rosary. Um, so it was always there. It was always in my life. But it was kind of late. Um, and I was already a priest for a number of years. And I remember it was around the death of somebody in our youth group. And, and, Reading something of Cardinal Bernadine at that time, who uh, and talk, where he talks about his own spiritual life, and I remember he talked about making a promise to God, and for him it was that I would pray would be the first thing I do. It may not be my best hour, but it will be always be my first. And um, and that, and that's when I said you know, that's when I made a promise. That's when I said, Lord, I will always do it, and I will always try to make it the first thing that I do every day. Um, that promise has been a source of grace for me. It keeps me, it keeps, it helps to keep me focused and faithful. Um, so, so that much I do. I'll tell you something else. I, I, I learned this from another bishop who used to tell the people this. I, I say it kind of quietly. I'm revealing myself now. Before every confirmation, I always pray a rosary in the car for the children whom, for whom I, the children whom I will confirm. I always say on the way, I just say a prayer for the children I confirm. Becomes a little bit of a problem when I'm going to St. Patrick's <laughs> down the street, <laughs> down the street. <laughs> but uh, but I get I find a way to get it, get it done. But maybe I stop before I go. Um, so those are little things. You see, what's one of the beautiful things about the rosary is it gives you the habit of prayer. The habit of prayer. And, you know, again, when you're looking at your spiritual life through the heart of Mary and seeing Jesus through the heart of Mary, that brings us back to the things that we were talking about before, about one, about human dignity, about seeing the, the image of God, that spark of divine fire in, in every other person. When you're looking at um, our faith and our experience through the heart of Mary, you see what it means to follow Jesus. And when we have our struggles, when we're trying our best and not not quite making the mark, rather than getting discouraged, because discouragement is the tool of the devil. Never get discouraged. Rather than get discouraged with by praying the rosary, seeing through the heart of Mary, we can at least see that the Lord Jesus indeed is walking with us, that we're not alone, that he has great patience, and that if he's asking something of us, he will give us everything, everything that we need. I was going through a drive through the last couple of days, and I saw the stress on the face of the workers that uh, were uh, 
getting the food prepared. And I know that from the last couple of years, you've used from time to time the words extreme charity are needed now. That was very true during the pandemic itself, like during those early days. We, we needed to show extreme charity to those around us, looking in on one another, patients. As things are going on right now, um, you know, you hear in the news things about supply chain. When you hear about things in the um, in the in the airlines with uh, you know, the face masks, um, a couple of times I've had to fly. Um, you know, I think some of the people trying to be funny. It's to me, it doesn't come off the right way. But you have to understand then. They're not making the rules, but they have to keep everybody safe and follow the guidance. They have to do what they're told, and um, and the same in stores. I remember a year ago, I went to um, I was down in Washington for my nephew's wedding, actually Arlington, Virginia, and uh, we were in a coffee shop in Alexandria. And I was with my brother, and I was hungry. I had you know, traveled, and I just wanted something quick. I was hungry, I was tired, and we were waiting for something, and it just took forever. And the guy ahead of us really let off steam. At the, It was insulting. And I know my brother and I were talking to each other, and we were both a little bit frustrated. But I'll never forget his kindness to the poor fellow who was trying to get everything ready. And it wasn't easy, and that that image stayed in my head. His 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 kindness, his extreme charity. Um, you know, when you're finding shortages, when we're finding delays, when we're um, when when things aren't working out the way we want them to be, chances are it's not the person in front of us who's responsible, and they're as much a victim and probably feel the pain even more than you and I do. And, um, you know, the bottom line is even for decision makers, even sometimes decisions I have to make, we ha- I think we're doing the best that we can. There are people on both sides of, of, of these issues, and neither one is going to be fully satisfied. Um, and I'm very grateful to people for your, your patience with me. I really am. People have been overwhelmingly very patient. We're all, I, I think we're all doing the best that we can in the circumstances that are, are in front of us. But, you know, when we're dealing with the people in front of us, the te- teachers in the school, the principals, the, the clerks in the um, in, in the stores, the uh, people in the airports, the medical people, if we could only just understand, we keep in our minds, again, it's that image of God. Can we see the image of God, the human dignity in one another? Um, these days call for extreme, extreme charity. And, um, and imagine, we'll be talking hopefully next week a little more about evangelization because the other theme in, um, in, in, in October is missions, so we'll have a chance next time to talk about that. But imagine the transformative power of our patience and kindness, of our extreme charity as followers of Jesus Christ. That's a powerful missionary tool. That is. And Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Sure. Sure. During this month of the rosary, let us ask the intercession of Mary and all the saints as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, 
and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you for joining Bishop Brennan for a dialogue on the faith. You can view Bishop Brennan's weekly addresses through the Diocese of Columbus YouTube feed, or you can listen to the podcast on stgabrielradio.com or on the St. Gabriel Radio app.